Praise the Lord. We were having difficulty and nobody counted me down. So I'm sorry you were hearing about uh, our decoration plans. So um, welcome to New Life. And uh, we're so uh, glad that you could join us. New Life is located at 1021 South Center Street. I'm Pastor David Kufal, and we are so glad that you can join us this morning on YouTube and uh, Facebook Live. And we hope that God is touching your life. And so in a moment, I'll be preaching um, another sermon in our series on a season of thankfulness. And so I am so glad that you have joined us this morning. I'll be right back, but now here's this. Well, praise the Lord and welcome to New Life again. And so our season of Thanksgiving, this is our part two of our message. And so I am so glad that we can be in this season of Thanksgiving. Thankfulness. Now, I put out a challenge to you all. And I was deeply shocked that nobody took up really the challenge. I was shocked because I know that there's at least three people on here, four people on, who are on Facebook every single day. I was shocked. Oh, you commented on my comments, but I never saw really your own comments of what you were thankful for. Oh, yes. There's a reason why God has given you Facebook. If you go out and watch movies on Facebook, other preachers on Facebook in this church, and if you actually go on to keep up with what your brother and sisters and your relatives are doing on Facebook, then you've been on Facebook. And you could put out a post of what you're... You see, we got to start thinking differently. If you want to see people get saved, you better start speaking up. If you want this country to change, you better speak up. And we don't have to do it by getting in people's faces. You can do it right now while through Thanksgiving what you are thankful for. I haven't done one today, but I will be doing one later. I, this is my challenge to y'all. Get on Facebook, post your own thing. What are you thankful for? I'm talking about the ones who are on Facebook. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Don't tell anybody about Jesus. That's easy. But I see the stuff you share. And I just heard somebody say, I will not do it. So, you know what? I don't know why I'm here. If I can't encourage you to share your faith with someone, then I am failing. I really am. I have failed in my job to pastor you and feed you so that you will share your faith with others. And when you sit there and you tell others, I'm not going to do it, you just went ahead and destroyed their faith. Let me tell you something. Faith comes out of our mouths. And when we say, I'm not going to do it, we're telling Jesus, you're not special enough for me to share you with someone else. 
and you're telling the Lord, I don't want to. What kind of people are we? Listen, what kind of people are we? Are we those who will share our faith with others because Jesus is coming soon? They need to hear it. We can't tell people, maybe the reason why you haven't gotten your healing yet is because you haven't shared how thankful you are. Think about that. I am thankful that God has healed me. I am thankful that God has saved me. And I can speak up and tell people. Come on. Now, not all of us are on Facebook. And I don't blame you if you're not on Facebook. But if you're on there, to keep up with everybody else under the sun, share your faith. And it's an easy thing to do. My mother-in-law just got her bathroom redone. Oh, hallelujah. We're so thankful that that got happened for her. And you know what? As far as Lorraine and I are concerned, she's deserved that a long time ago. She finally got the kind of bathtub she's been wanting going back 20 years. Finally! And, she's, and, and it's not completely done yet. The plumber's got to get in there and do one more fixture. Can't wait for that to happen because she's got a pretty cool fixture picked out. And the carpenter's got to get in there and he's got one more thing to do, put in the trim. And he'll be all done with his part. And then she's just got to decide what paint color she wants. And I know one thing, she's not picking avocado green. <laughs> no, not any shades of green. She will not go with green. And, and, and here, here's a hint. I don't think she's going to go with yellow. Favorite color. I don't think she's going to go with yellow in the bathroom. I, she, she's got a color scheme. She, she kind of hinted that where she's thinking, and it's going to be gorgeous. Lorraine was telling me it looks really nice what they have done so far. They got the floor done the other day. Ooh. And so now you walk in there, and it almost looks done, but she wants to have it completely done. And then, then my brother-in-law is going to walk in there with Desiree, and they're going to paint the place. That, that's their contribution. They wanted to paint. We got to have her stay with us a few days, and that was fun. Bodie was just having fun having her with. And so we're thankful for that. So that's one of the things we are thankful, that she's finally getting her bathroom. Now you say, what, what in the world? You mean, that's what you're... Yes, that's all I'm talking about. I thank you, Lord, for... I want to say thank you. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my knuckleheads. <laughs> I'm grateful for old Hal. <laughs> well, I am. My word. I, I never get depressed around Hal. He, he wouldn't let me get that way, ever. And if you're, if you always get into, if you're always going to the negative, get around Hal. He'll get you out of that right away because that's not him. He'll start laughing with you and giving you a good time. And uh, that's the reason why his daughter keeps him around. And uh, so, <laughs> praise the Lord. And so, that's a good thing. You see, you know, I got that gift of profit. I'm so glad I have the gift of mercy because now I can be smiling. Most people misunderstand what the gift of prophecy is in the New Testament. 
It's just making wanting to make sure everybody gets to heaven. Yeah. And, and and the people with the gift of prophet, they get their they get ornery. They just do because they want everybody to get to heaven. They all want everybody to have the blessings of God. They want everybody to be able to obey God and everything. We got, to, we got all these prophets around trying to foretell all the time and they need to be foretelling. We need people foretelled. What does foretell mean? You're going to preach a now word to get people saved. My word, if we get people saved, these, if these prophets would... Focus number one on getting people saved. That's what I like about Perry Stone. His number one goal is to get people saved. He gets more happy about the souls that are coming to the Lord worldwide because of his program than he does about being right about his prophecy. Hmm. You see, that's a true, that's a true New Testament prophet. Because you're excited about seeing souls come to Jesus and they're going to heaven. That, that's the number one a New Testament prophet should be all about. But we get so excited about our offices today when we should be getting excited about people coming to know Jesus today. Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. We are told we can come boldly to the throne of grace in prayer. And Psalm 104 and 5 instructs us how we can gain access. We must enter his gates with thanksgiving. By the way, this is the clue. If you ever want to be a worship leader, this here is the number one formula for leading worship. Did you know that? This is the formula for leading worship. We must enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts and in our mouths. I've been wanting us to get deeper in worship in this church. So why do you think I'm stressing thankfulness? Because it's part of God's formula. God created math. All math, even algebra, and trigonometry, and calculus. He can do it with one high end tied behind his back. He can just think it, he doesn't need a supercomputer. He can just do the math like that in his head. He doesn't even have to write it on a whiteboard because he created it. Think about that. And this is one of his formulas. If you really want to get into worship, we must enter his gates with thanksgiving. How do you think you need to get in? My word, some of you might have had a secret clubhouse when you were a kid. <laughs> or, and, and, and you had a secret handshake or you had to, a secret password to get in. Well, if you want to get into God's courts, you need to come with thanksgiving. That's how you get through the gates. You go there with thanksgiving in your heart. Hmm. We need to be a thankful people. Even when we're going through a hard time. After all that Jesus has done for us, how can we not be grateful? That gets us through the gate, but how do we get into his courts? This is done through praise. 
I told Corey for a long time and nobody would get it. We need to praise more, I would say, for years. We need to praise more. And we would skip over praise, go with worship songs and never praise. And then they wondered, and then they would complain to me, well, nobody responds when I do all those worship songs. And then I get up there and once in a while lead, and I have praise songs first. And they couldn't believe how people got into the praise songs. Everybody was praising. I said, our folks need to praise for a while. How do we get into his courts? By praise. We are thankful to get through his gates, and we praise. And, and, and she started, she got it, and then she got frustrated with a worship leader we had because he would never really praise <clears throat> and when people started praising he shut it down because his words were more important than God's words he was more important than the spirit moving and we loved him boy did we love him we did we, we just loved him we just figured he'd get, he, he figured it out uh, Corey took time to figure it out. Judy understood all that. She had learned that a long time ago when she used to do it. That you need to come in there with thanksgiving and get into his courts with praise. And once you get into the courts, then you can start worshiping. That's the formula. I mean, if you don't believe me, watch geese fly. Do they not have a way that they fly in a V? Right? Watch them fly. Watch how they'll change leaders. When the leader who's been out front is tired, he goes back in the line so that the other birds are now making it easier for him to fly, and another bird takes his place. They fly in a special rhythm. They fly in order. God created order. And we can learn something from the geese, that if we follow his order that's followed in the, found in the Word of God, Oh my word, our church services will be better. Our lives will be better if we live by the word of God. And how can we not praise him? Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. Let's pray. Lord, you are so marvelous. You are so wonderful. And we are so thankful to you. Not only did you save us, but you do so much more for us. You help us, Lord, when no one else is there. You come through for us, Lord. You forgive us, Lord. You give us the Holy Spirit. And you empower us our lives to live for you and to share with others our faith because you give us gifts that you operate in our lives so that we can do that by so many different means lord we love you we praise you lord how can we not praise you lord for what you've done for us jesus that work on the cross that you suffered so we could be saved. Oh, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for this message, Lord, and your anointing today. Use us, I pray, in Jesus' name. We glorify you. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Part two of my message is thankful that Jesus calms our storm. Thankful that Jesus calms our storm. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus in your boat? I asked, is Jesus in your boat? Come on. I, I, preached, I have preached at every one of my churches about getting Jesus in your boat. I've even preached this a long time ago, and most of you weren't here. There's only three people here that would have heard that message that I preached years ago when I first came to the church, getting Jesus in your boat. And uh, it's one of my favorite messages. But I ask a question that's so simple. Is Jesus in your boat? Matthew 8, verse 23 says, Now when he got into a boat, listen to what the disciples did. His disciples followed him. That sounds simple enough. It probably was Peter's boat. Might have been John's or James's. But he got into a boat. And his disciples followed him. Jesus getting in the boat. I'm going to get in the boat. Sounds like a simple thing. Sometimes we miss out on doing the simple things that could cause greater things because we don't get into the boat when Jesus gets in the boat. Is Jesus in the boat with us? So many claim to be a Christian for this reason and that. But have they asked him, Jesus, to come into their hearts? That's the first way to get Jesus in your boat is by asking Jesus into your heart. If Jesus is in your heart, then you are to be a follower and do what he says you should do. I really don't want you to do something because I said to do it, but it's because the Lord put my, something on my heart for us to do. So I share it with you because I got it from the Lord because I don't, I don't want us to do anything. Listen, I don't want to do this to do anything because some expert said to do it. I don't want to do anything because um, the latest fad said to do it. I want us to do things that the Lord calls us to do. So when Jesus got in the boat, the disciples said, I'm a follower of Jesus. Jesus gets in the boat. I'm going to get in the boat. Makes pretty simple, isn't it? Sometimes we miss out because we don't do the simple things. Jesus is getting in the boat and we stand there and wave goodbye. <laughs> How many people got in the boat with him? Just the 12. How many people waved goodbye? The crowd. I know it wasn't an ocean liner. They couldn't fit everybody in the boat, but there was other boats there. They could have got jumped into boats and followed, but they didn't. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except by me. Only by Jesus can you come to the Father. So the first thing to do is get Jesus in the boat of your life by asking him into your heart. 
But I want you to notice something as we go further along in this, that Jesus can calm your storm. Some of you have been going through some storms. You need to know who your source is. Come on. Sometimes we forget who our source is. We forget how Jesus can calm our storm. We do. We all do it. I do it. You do it. We all do it. But you know, when we know, though, the source who can calm our storm and we don't turn to him and we stay in our pity party, when we stay in our mess, when we stay in the storm that's raging around us and not look to Jesus, Jesus said, come on guys, let's get in the boat, let's go. Verse 24. And suddenly a great storm arose on the sea. So the boat was covered with the waves. But he, Jesus, what was he doing? He was asleep. Storm is raging all over the place. The water is coming over the bow, filling up the boat. And what's Jesus doing? He's asleep. Then his disciples came to him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us! We are perishing! You've got to get this picture in your head. Come on. Think about it. The storm is raging all around them. Those waves are crashing into the boats. The water is coming into the boat and the disciples start to bail and panic. You got that picture? We have a lake in this country that is just like the Sea of Galilee when a storm comes up. It's Lake Geneva in Wisconsin. It's got the same depth. It's got the same shape. And when the storms come up, it rages just like the Sea of Galilee. It's one of the things the Wisconsiners, they like to go ahead and brag about. You know the people who gives you Wrigley chewing gum? They have four houses on that lake. They think they're closer to God because they're out. No, no, I'm just joking. What's Jesus doing while the storm is raging? Is he worried? Is he panicking? Well, he's just sleeping. My mother-in-law and father-in-law love to go fishing. My brother-in-law enjoys fishing, not so much anymore, because he doesn't like getting sunburned anymore. Well, it's true. Last time he went out with his daughter, he got sunburned and he didn't like it. And he's just way too busy to go fishing now. But my mother-in-law and father-in-law used to take the kids out fishing. My wife, fishing? Nah. I don't like smelly old worms. I, 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 I'm not... I'm not thrilled to catch a fish. So what would she do? She'd crawl into the, the, the bow of the boat. She'd go to sleep. You guys can fish. I'm going to sleep. 
she figured that way the time would go faster. Well, she would do that, and the storms weren't, the, there wasn't a storm, and the waves weren't crashing over the sides, but Jesus was sleeping. If Jesus is on your boat, why are you panicking? If Jesus is in your boat, why are you fearful? If Jesus is, if Jesus is this calm, why aren't you putting your faith and trust in Jesus? At least the disciples knew who to call on. <laughs> you know why Jesus wasn't worried? He knew they were going to make it storm or no storm. Boys, we're going to the other side. Let's get in the boat. Let's go. Row, row, row out into the lake. Put up the sail. Let's go. I said we're going to make it. We're going to get across the water. Let's head over there. And Jesus, Jesus knew they were going to make it over there. Storm comes up. Jesus not worried. Why? Because we're going to make it. We, I know our destination. We're heading over there. Right? And, and you can see it in his answers. But at least the disciples knew who had saved them. They didn't look to the government. Come on. Too many Christians are looking to the government. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> or the... They rely on their own strengths. But the disciples didn't rely on their own strength. They called out to Jesus, Lord, save us! We're perishing! So I'm going to ask you a question. Have you, have you called out to Jesus for your salvation? Have you called out for Jesus for your salvation to keep you out of hell? Why didn't you trust him for what you're going through right now you know what if if husbands and wives would understand that they would fuss at each other less if jesus is in our marriage he's in our boat hmm. this is why you should never marry somebody outside of the, who's not a christian because jesus is not completely in your boat it's only in your boat not in both of your boats to make your marriage have him in your boat. He'll help you to fuss less. <laughs> well, we're just passionate. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to meddle. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But if Jesus is in your boat, turn to him. He will rescue. He will save. He will calm your storm. And, and verse 26 says, But he said to them, Why are you faithful? I mean, why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. I can hear him say it just that way. Why allow fear to stop your faith when you have Jesus? I'm trying to get you to use your faith. 
I'm trying to get you to stand up. I'm trying to help you do it in small little ways so that you can do it in big, big ways later on. You know we Christians are going to have to stand up eventually for what is right. They're already calling you names. They're already attacking you. They're trying to start a storm around you, but you got Jesus and you don't have to live in the storm. And I'm going to say something that might shock you. There can be a reason. There can be a reason why your storm lasts longer than it needs to. Mm. Are you allowing fear to stop your faith? Because let me tell you something. Fear is the opposite of faith. Hmm. Paul went through some stuff. Paul complained to the Lord because he was having some problems. Kept on asking the Lord, take this away, take it away, take it away. In Jesus' name, I claim my healing. Or, or I claim that I'm no longer going to be stoned to death anymore. <laughs> Think about what Paul went through compared to what you might be going through and, and you're going to say to yourself, well, thank God I'm not Paul. <laughs> Come on. And you know what God said to him? Paul, I'm not taking that thorn away from you. It's to keep you humble. Sometimes we go through some stuff to keep us humble because if we didn't have that thing to keep us humble, <laughs> we might get ourselves into trouble. Come on. As much as we want, the, want that thing to be gone. But Paul says, you know what? I've learned that in every circumstance I find myself, I am content in him. That is such a blessing. That's when you finally come a place in your, in your faith because you've let fear go because perfect love casts out all fear. And if you have Jesus, you have perfect love in your heart. You don't have to let fear run your life and keep you from getting your blessings. And sometimes we have, and our storm has raged longer because we have allowed ourselves to be fearful of the storm instead of looking to our source, Jesus Christ. Hmm. I hope that helps somebody here today. I know you folks are people of faith. But I hope it helps somebody. Maybe it's somebody who's watching that needed that today. Oh, I just got to say one more thing about fear. Fear will keep you in bondage. Fear will keep you in bondage because you're afraid of letting it go. Jesus came to set you free. He paid a big price for your freedom, did he not? He died on the cross for us. Have faith in Christ in the midst of your storm and see what he will accomplish for you. Jesus said, I have come for, to set you free. And those he has set free are free indeed. Come on. We don't have to live in bondage. 
He's right there. Give it to him. Let it go. Best advice we ever got from a Disney cartoon. Let it go. Movie's full of a song with the whole song telling you, let it go. How do you let it go, Hal says? Well, you imagine you have a pen in your hand. <laughs> Not your favorite pen. Keep that one in your pocket. Just an ordinary pen in your hand. Just imagine that pen's there. And turn your hand over. Say, thank you, Lord Jesus. You got it. And then open up your hand and just let it go. He'll take care of it for you. But make sure it's not your favorite pen because then you'll probably won't let it go. You know, because it's got your name on it or it's monogrammed. <laughs> My wife is just laughing. Um, <laughs> she knows where I got that one from. Jesus calms the storm and he wants to calm the storm of your life. Verse 26. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you little faith? Then, what does he do? He arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So these men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him. Who is Jesus to you? Jesus didn't just calm the sea. Look what the Bible says. There was a great calm. The wind stopped. The sea stopped raging. It was like glass. But more than that, every one of those men in the boat with him were calm. They went from fearful and panicked to complete calm. Now most people don't realize they still had to bail the water out of the boat. But it was a great calm. When Jesus does something, he does it completely. When you get Jesus involved, he will bring peace to your life. The storm will be over, and you will find you are in safe harbor of your faith. Think about that. Jesus showed him and the, the disciples in this one action that he was Lord over everything. Because look at what they said. The disciples looked in amazement and they said, even the winds and this, they've seen him do all these great miracles. And then they look at each other, these fishermen and these other men on the boat with them. Even the winds and the sea obey his command. Wow. And they ask an interesting question here, do they not? Who 
can this be? Who is Jesus to you? The answer to that question will tell you how much faith you put in him. That you put into him. Who is Jesus to you? For uh, If you've been saved for a long time, it should not just be a simple answer, he's my Savior. It should be even deeper than that. And if you haven't answered that question, work on it this week. Don't forget, oh, that was a good sermon, Pastor, and then three hours from now, what did he preach on? Well, go back and watch the tape. You, we, you, you can go to our website and watch all of them. Almost all of them. Not every one of them. Probably not the ones during the pandemic. Because, yeah? Okay. Okay. I, I had to check with Corey, because she would know. For the most part. Except for when we have computer glitches. Yeah, which happens. And then she has to go play fetch, and she does what she does so well. And then... All of a sudden, she puts it together, and um, you could never really tell, except for when I'm acting like I'm in a Japanese movie. <laughs> <laughs> you see me preaching, and then my, it doesn't all go with the mouth, because it doesn't sync up just right. And there's been a couple of those, not many. She's gotten really good. In the early days, but now she's gotten really good. Well, she has, a, she has a way of having faith to believe the computer's actually going to do what she says it's going to do, and it better because the computer knows who she is. It's just weird. I'll have problems with my computer. I Here, fix it. And she'll just push a button, and it comes on, and it's fixed, and then she didn't have to do anything. And I go, oh, there she goes again. The computer just knows, doesn't want to have Corey messing with it, so it's going to behave. Unfortunately, she couldn't help it this time. So she, she's got it now. She's going to do what she's going to do, what I have planned for the computer now. That computer's going to be going over to the classroom and no longer being my main computer anymore because I got blessed. Somebody blessed me with a new computer so that I can get my work done. But I'm still not making notes for Sunday school. You're going to have to bring your textbook with you, your Bible. That's your textbook. And you know what's going to be cool? You can take a colored pencil or a special marker for marking Bibles and you can highlight your Bible. There's nothing wrong with you writing in your Bible and highlighting it so you can find it later. And sometimes when we have to write simple notes, you're going to see the reason why we don't need to have it because it's going to be more of a question and answer time and getting into the word time and we're going to dig it out of the scripture time. It's going to be a less of a lecture time. But do you put, do you trust Jesus? Or do you allow fear I want you to think about this. How many decisions have you made out of fear over faith? 
How many decisions have you made when you've used faith to believe God's going to get me out of this instead of giving in to fear? How many times have you allowed yourself to, to go and, and fix your problem out of fear only to have a bigger problem later on? It's time to learn to live in our faith and answer the question, who is, who is this Jesus in my life? Am I going to trust him? And not allow my fear to keep me from having the kind of faith that when I face the storms, because I have Jesus in my boat, Jesus will calm them for me? Or am I going to let fear keep the storm raging even though Jesus is right there? Call on him. Let him have his way in your life. Let us pray. Oh Lord Jesus. Help us to have faith. Lord, I think about the man whose little boy was suffering from epilepsy and the demon that was was trying to destroy his little boy, throwing him in water to drown him and throwing him into the fire to burn him. And Lord, he looked to you. He said, help my unbelief. Lord, we're all in that boat. Help us to have faith in you, Lord. Help us Rebuke the fear in our lives because you said that perfect love casts out fear. And Lord, for us who are saved, you live in our hearts. You're already in our boat. And all we need to do is trust you more and call out to you and see you calm the storm. Besides, Lord, you said we're going to make it. We're going to get to heaven we're going to make it to the other side so lord we thank you for helping us and lord having the faith to believe that you can do everything for us that you will as we learned last week come and rescue us we praise you for this and Jesus' name, and we thank you, Lord, you answer our prayers. We glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah. Take away the fear. Help us to trust you more. In Jesus' name. Amen. And for those who haven't accepted Jesus into your heart, you can do it today. Make sure he's on your boat. Come on. Make sure he's in your heart. All you have to do is pray this prayer with me. It's, the prayer is not what's going to save you. It's believing in Jesus who saves you. But pray this. You've got to... If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he rose from the dead, 
you shall be saved. And he says, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so this is the formula. This is where we get this idea of praying this prayer. I, I know there's these guys on, the, on, on Facebook and all over the internet saying, oh, you don't need to, that's that magical prayer, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not a magical prayer. It's believing in the one you're praying to. You've got to have faith. And that starts with asking him into your heart. So pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. All that mess I made. Thank you that you died for me so I can be saved. And I believe that you rose from the dead. And now, heaven is my home. Thank you, Jesus, for being on my boat in my heart. Amen. You prayed that prayer. Welcome to the family of God. Hey, let us know. Just share the heart symbol. Just go click on it. Bing! And then we can pray for you. And uh, if you really want... I got a book I can send you and a movie about Jesus I can send to you. And uh, just let me know that too. Corey will make sure it gets out in the mail. And, uh, or at least she'll make sure somebody gets it out in the mail. And so um, just go ahead and let us know. And I'd love to send it to you. But that, you don't even, even need to do that. Just put a little heart there so we can be praying for you and, th and thanking God that you are now part of his family. I'm so glad you can join us today. I can't wait to see you. And by the way, what, what am I thankful for? All you who watch week in and week out every day. Hey, God bless you. I'll see you next time.